Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. They offer just about every battery under the sun, from car and truck batteries to batteries for your trail cameras and rangefinders. Select retail locations even offer cell phone repair and cracked screen repair. Find a local retail location at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Land and Legacy Podcast. We're your hosts, Adam Keith and Matt Dye. This is your number one resource for all things land. If you're interested in conservation, habitat management, hunting strategy, and rural real estate, this is the podcast for you. Welcome back, Land and Legacy Podcast. Adam and Matt here. Matt's here. You're there, right. calling in, right. telephone, right. telephono, uh, telephone, yep. telephone, telephone, telephono. I'm trying Something. to remember my old Spanish from back in the day, but yeah, calling in. Oh, no. We are here in the uh, middle of September, um, yeah. getting towards the latter part of September. It's hard to believe. Hot and dry. Feels more like, <laughs> feels more like a July or August when I was a teenager. Then yeah. the last five years, this September has once again become the each and every year. It's like it's pretty hot and miserable. And then mm-hmm. it's like, okay, last year was a fluke. Nope. This okay, two years in a row. That's yeah, that's a fluke. It's but just to be when expected. it's been five years in a row, it's just to be expected. September is the driest month of the year. Which which seems seems odd to maybe a lot of people, but in this portion of Missouri, it just has been which is um, a, consistent and a horrible combination. And yes. our apologies for all of you listening that may not like the sound of bodily fluids from the nasal <laughs> cavity, um, because I have uh, I've been wrecked here this past week. No, it's not COVID. Um, but like a, a cough, runny nose, sneezing, and you know when you when you include a, a part of the world like the Ozarks where ragweed and goldenrod are very abundant, but then you throw dryness on top of that, so there's no rain to dust. knock the pollen down, and you have dust. It's just like constant sinus irritation, and uh, and not only that. Not only do you have constant sinus irritation, but you have constant food plot f- irritation. I almost said failure, but not quite there yet. Constant <laughs> there food yet. plot. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just flat out misery. Yeah, and frustration. It's been awful. <clears throat> yeah, it, it it has not been a good growing season. I think we mentioned that last week, and and it, it, it these are these are all the things, honestly, that rack up to this is why we don't depend on them from a management strategy all in all this is this there's it's not fail proof and i don't i think if you read anything out there it's like oh this is a fail proof solution not not really find me one please because there's just certain things that are out of your control Um, that's right but you can do different types of management um to kind of mitigate and not feel the effects of the hot dryness or lack of um successful growing season conditions like we're experiencing right now it's so hot that i think adam a lot we, we haven't been chatted too much after your hunt we're kind of talking about that um tonight but i don't know how you felt after i went out one day with chad and it was it was 
mid to upper 80s and probably same thing similar similar to that for you last night but um long walk in we got in the tree and it's just like oh my gosh this is it is so hot like i yeah. i got a taste of the fact that hey missouri season opened and we can't hunt but until it cools off i'm just not that yeah. excited just to just go full bore after it even though they're you know hey deer are showing up and there's opportunity i just i'm not into it yet to be like full bore let's get after it. What, what do you did you feel kind of the same last night you, you had a little yeah. bit more action but man being up in a tree is just hot and humid oh yesterday was miserable when i walked out so I did my my typical, you know, we wear merino wool, usually some sort of light base at the beginning of season, and I wear a t-shirt in. When I get to the stand, and you know, it was a hanging hunt. Like we were, I was in a saddle. Brett, who was filming, was in a stand, and so when I pack my gear, like when I'm going, taking everything in uh, on uh, hanging hunt or whatever. If I'm just going in to set in a tree stand, I have a backpack, and that's where the camera and the shotgun mic, yep. two GoPros, Ozonics, um, and the tree arm and base all go. Yep. And so, you know, I've got a heavy pack. If somebody else is with me, like a guy who's filming or whatever, it may be swapped out where we both have a few things. Um, Brett carried the sticks and the tree stand, and I carried my saddle platform. Um by the time I got there in my T-shirt, I was already sweating, obviously. It was oh, yeah. like, oh, this is great. And the wind was Wonderful swirly. Start. Like, it was just like, okay, the wind's supposed to be east, but at dark it's supposed to go more southeast. It was breezy. And it was kind of one of those, we drive on the gravel road, and it's like, it's not really blowing off. When the gravel road runs east to west, you, and, you just, and you go on it, you're like, okay, we're going to see clearly is the wind out of the north or wind out of the south. And it's like, just set there. And it's yeah. still breezy. It's like, how's this happening? And that's yep. more east, but it's kind of all, not just like a, a big wave of wind where it's like constant, but like treetops are blowing like crazy. Down on the ground, you don't really feel it. And you're like, yep. it's a recipe for disaster. Well, so as you, I'm I'm going down the road, I'm like, okay, you know, it's east still. So let's just go in. When we get to the big field, we'll see if it's south or north. We get to the big field and it was south, which is kind of a relief. Okay, we're stopping here. At least, you yeah. know, I hung the set or the the saddle platform and the tree stand. And my shirt, my T-shirt was like super wet. And yes. I'm like, ugh, ugh. And I was just sitting there the whole time, though, thinking, I'm so glad I don't wear rubber boots early season anymore. <laughs> and well, yeah. I, I, I take the T-shirt off, and I use it as like a rag. Then I wipe my face, I wipe my hair, my arms, and I just I sat there with no shirt on for a while. Yep. And uh, I'm kind of trying to cool down, and I could never get cooled down. And I pulled out some of those little, like, wipes and took that little quick bath in the shower with the white or in the, in the stand with the wipes and still couldn't cool down. I'm like, man, this is miserable. And the breeze had kind of stopped a little bit. And, uh, I mean, I sat there just, just hot and miserable. We saw a lot of deer and I'll explain that later on the podcast. But when we got down and I, and I, and I, un I took everything down and we walked out by the time I got the tree stand or back to the truck, 
I mean, I was drenched. Like I had a workout. And yeah. <coughs> as I told Chad, I, I was like, he goes, well, you picked the worst night to come uh, to open up the season. Because, <laughs> you know, you guys hunted, op- or not opening night, but the next night. He hunted right. opening night and then the next night and then he was off. Uh, he didn't hunt the next he two nights, Friday, I believe, yeah. or one night. And yeah. anyway, he's like, well, it's the worst night so far. And that was your first one, first one of the season. And it's kind of like, yeah, that's it and, wasn't supposed to be like this. And I was on a field edge. And well, I was on a field edge. get a breeze going yeah. through. But, man, that was, the, that was the, the, the deal. We had a long walk in <laughs> and in and out and had to pack. And I'll explain that portion later on. But, like. By the time he got to the tree, got climbed up, got everything situated. Yeah, I'm just sitting there, no shirt on in the tree, just trying to just cool off before I put on a not stinky shirt. Yeah. And then I'm like, all right, well, I know by the time I get out of here, I want to put on the stinky one back on. And I pulled it back out of the bag at the end of the night and um, to walk back out because of a short sleeve. And it was soaking wet. So I'm like, well, this is just this nasty. And this does, again, I like the idea and the ability to say, hey, it's hunting season. We can go if we need to or if, if, if it's right. But just those conditions aren't aren't oh, the what you look forward to. But this week, those conditions definitely change. It's like, At okay, least for now, two days. And now I'm interested. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, I, I told Chad, you know, it's like something that's so enjoyable – and then you do something that makes it sets the whole thing apart where it's like this is not enjoyable it's like <laughs> hey we're gonna go play a round of golf tomorrow you want to go sure let me go spend all night working my hands over to where i have a bunch of blisters so when we start tomorrow i got that yeah, and that's what right. early season hanging hunts are to me it's like yep hey it's really hot. Let's hope we don't sweat walking in. But you know what? Just to make sure that we do sweat, let's let's hang our set first. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. It just. It's it. I again. Maybe maybe this is this is uh, first world problems. But but at the same time, it's like it it makes you consider going and spending that extra time um, in the tree. But but you, got, you took a a little bit different approach from your guys set based on the conditions than what Chad and I did the first night that, that he hunted. Um, one yeah. was a very, or a more aggressive move while another, um, tended to be more of an observational, let's sit back and watch kind of set, but still be in the game potentially. Um, so we're going to talk about all those details. And I think that kind of gives people a rough idea of, I think, <sighs> how to play out these different scenarios that they could be finding themselves in this time of the year. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, early season is always a hit or miss. And, you know, we, we've spent a good amount of early season the last few years hunting this farm, uh, north of north of where we live or where you live and north of where we, our main farms are, um, we, we tend to hunt it a good amount early season because of the alfalfa. Yeah. And once again, though, there's a lot of variables that come into play when you're trying to figure out the food source. Um, 
when when you're trying to identify the food source that the deer or at least mature deer, mature bucks are are utilizing, there's a I mean, a lot of times for a lot of guys it's a it's a shot in the dark. You don't mm-hmm. know if they're gonna be eating browse, if they're gonna be full of from eating browse uh early in the afternoon while they're bedded down, or you don't know if they're going to a soft mass tree that's right next to where they've been bedded. You don't know if they're going to a food plot, a crop field, a cover crop field, a hay field, uh, a white oak stand, a red oak stand. Generally, um, the food option is not a limited resource like it is in January, December. Yeah, and Completed. so an apple, a, an apple orchard, you yeah. really don't know. Like, and, and that's where trail cameras or observations or just strong gut, uh, gut reactions can help. And, you know, Lebanon, uh, the Lebanon farm where we hunt, uh, where we've been hunting in the last several years, a huge amount of bur oak acorns and white oak acorns. Mm-hmm. And even though the crops are great, the alfalfa fields or the, the uh, you know, there is corn that comes into play, but not, not tremendously. And then you've got cover crop fields. Um, those are kind of the main food sources. But the acorns are so thick around there that they even though the alfalfa looks great the acorns still play a huge part in pulling the deer and and really moving them around and but, it's not in just like blocks though too it's not no. like okay we can go hunt a five acre patch of timber that's that's got a heavy white oak it's they're all along creek systems and yeah. this farm's layout is it's stretched out and so there's bur oaks and white oaks dotted right along the creek and it's like one one day they could be in this hundred yard stretch during daylight, but the next day they're they, you know they're they're way on down the creek line. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, so it's even with that, it's just the layout of those features and food sources make it that much more difficult to hunt too. That's right. That's right. And you know, it, between all of that, it's like golly, it's kind of hard to figure it out. And uh, this year, you know, you can have it figured out and see a ton of deer but we've never killed a nice buck early season up there and you know one big part of why we get to hunt that place is we're targeting does too so trying to target does but also bucks if they're around and here you go and you land in 2021 and we have a wicked frost in april so white oaks are not there's hardly any white oak acorns this year uh, through much of the Ozarks and especially on this farm and on my family farm there's just hardly any so it's going okay well you don't have to worry about that and yeah, so that's just and 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 that even took out a lot of the early you know soft mass that's that's mm. blooming during that that same time so apples or other fruit trees not persimmon though they bloom a little later so i have noticed a lot of persimmons this year which i noticed that at my house today there are several trees that are absolutely loaded and they're turning they're turning from green to orange this week i've really seen quite a bit of a change yeah and i I have a feeling there's going to be some deer that get killed on persimmon groves in our part of the world this year Mm -hmm. um and uh so i you know with all that being said it's like hey you know, alfalfa could be a pretty good attraction this year. And, you know, we've been out there uh, a good amount, uh, or Chad has on 
on watching these alfalfa fields, and so far it's going, yep, they're definitely hitting the alfalfa. <laughs> Without question, it's a humongous draw. But even to that standpoint, with one thing with this property, and I know we've discussed on another podcast, but it's still really important to, to bring up, is generally, even with so much food in the forms of alfalfa spread across this place, different patches, different plots, different <coughs> fields, cover is generally not adjacent to those fields. And it's usually a great distance away. And so although that there is a limited food source that's available and that's being very attractive this time frame and deer hitting it, it still makes the hunting side pretty difficult because they can come and they do come from a lot of different directions on many of the fields. So you might see a good number of deer, but it's like, well, half came from there, a third came, you know, it just, you add up, add it up. You're like, I see the deer, but still putting yourself in position really can be difficult on the property. No doubt. It's and, a big tease. <laughs> oh, it, it is. And, and nothing I hate more than hunting big fields and not having a yeah. clue how to cut them off. Or, or just not even having a clue, but just not even having the option. Oh, all yeah. All it is is just, well, this is a hope and a prayer that I'm, I'm going to – I feel confident I'm going to lay eyes, but trying to close the distance and get within a bow range shot – on a on a flat, you know, knee high, shin high field, it's just not going to happen. No, but it no. keeps you coming back because you're like, well, I'm seeing them. It's it's an encounter or an observation. They're there during yeah. daylight, but golly, to be able to routinely cut them off, very very difficult. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and that's one of those things that, you know. Uh, it seems like we find ourselves on those, on those farms, Matt. I think of the Kansas property we used to hunt. Yeah. Um, and then of course this property, um, Mm -hmm. where you're just like, you know, we're going to see deer, but it's really, it, it really is difficult to try to get in front of them. Um, especially when like in many cases on this farm, the boundaries are relatively close to those fields. And yes. so you're like, okay, we're basically trying to catch them as they're coming from the neighbors over. And, right. uh, and, you know, it makes it very, very tough. Because at the same time, too, is, yes, they may be using the same trails to come from the neighbor to this property. But in many cases, the neighbor may be out on his property during the day and what that buck was going to do, he may have done exactly that. But at some point during the day, he got bumped or pushed, and now he's coming in a different way. Yeah, and and then there's also the the wild card of, of livestock and this being an operational farm, too, um, where yeah. even when they come onto that, <clears throat> this property, sky's the limit of all the things that could, could go wrong and that honestly do go wrong. I mean, wow. it's 100% a working this is a little bit of a side to the conversation, but um, this is a hundred percent like focused cattle farm farming operation. The hunting is just phenomenal um, from a, from a standpoint of very game rich, but it is not in any way, shape, or form trying to be attempted to be managed for wildlife. They're just yeah. there, and so that's why we're there. <laughs> um, but it it is a very very game rich environment, but again, not set up for 
for Hunter to be extremely successful. It yep. could be. There's potential. But that's just not the focus, and that's okay. We're just fortunate to be able to partake in what's happening out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as we as we kind of jump into this, I don't know how many days we've been hunting now. Uh, it's only season's only been open uh, four days upon recording this. So the fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth, eighteenth, nineteenth. So f- I guess five days. Um, and uh, we've hunted. Uh, Chad's hunted handful of times. I've hunted once. You've hunted once, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So you go into opening or the opening night for you and Chad, which was the 16th, not the 15th. Right. And, um, you know, kind of the game plan has been push the boundaries and catch the deer. You're not going to see as many deer, but catch the deer before they get to the alfalfa. Don't hunt over the alfalfa. Push the boundaries back. Get somewhere where you're hopefully going to catch them long before they ever get to the alfalfa. You have a much better chance at shooting a mature deer doing that. Yes. And, and so you, you change the observation into the actual encounter. Yeah. That's the whole strategy. Um, seems great, but, but, but that doesn't, that doesn't do it. I think about <laughs> all those times too, uh, like watching outdoor television, like when you see them hunting the, the milk river or the medicine river, and all these places up Montana, like these deer are just filing by throughout the, throughout the morning or through the evening. You're like, where are they going? And, that's exactly you know what you're trying to do is you didn't see those guys back in the day of hunting those are probably still a lot of videos today being produced on that you don't see them sitting right on the field there's a lot of times where they're getting in between uh where they believe they're bedding and where they're headed and so you'll see these random trails of deer going and they're like they're headed to the crops or headed to the alfalfa same thing here we're trying to bounce back and set up and that's what you and chad did so if you want to jump into that kind of story there the the key to this hunt, and you can, um, we've kind of followed along there on, on the Instagram store, and I know we're going to continue to do some of that um, throughout the fall on, on the random hunts that we're, that we're taking in those days. But the, the cool thing about this property, and specifically this alfalfa field unit that was being hunted that night, um, is there's a, there's a really big creek system, and it's a dry creek for most of the year. Um, with high banks and you can get into that creek and it's gravel bottom and you can walk it it's around the border around this field Um, and and without that hunting where we chose to would be just about impossible i mean you you could not you could not get to where we were without getting into that creek and going the entire length of the field i would say it was probably half to a three-quarter mile walk back in um, to get around deer, but we were in the Creek for 96% of the time. And, um, so we just skirted around everything. Um, the field itself probably passed deer, um, as we're going in there. But again, it, the Creek banks were above our head. So very stealthy approach, uh, but that allowed us to be able to be more aggressive and get beyond the field, beyond the destination and, and be in a cutoff position close to a property boundary where we know from history that deer cross from neighboring properties to feed on this destination alfalfa field. And so that was the approach the night or two before um, Chad had watched um, 
several bucks. I think he ended up seeing 30 deer plus or minus a few in the large field and a potential shooter. Um, it's kind of, we're going to have to see that deer up close and personal to really know. So, um, we use terrain topography to get where we needed to get, had a beautiful Southeast wind. It was a lighter wind, but being on a North slope and having the stand set up just <laughs> 20 yards off of the Creek itself. And with that Southeast wind, everything was dumping right into the Creek where we'd just come up out of and right back the direction we came. And so we're hunting deer in a great, uh, crossing creek crossing and a fence crossing that comes onto the property and a bank and up a slope back into where they seem to be dumping into the alfalfa. So all in all, on paper, everything it was that that's that's where we need to be. I mean, there there's no other place that that you would want to be. Um, it's a wonderful wonderful pinch point back in there. Um, so we got to that area. I was in a saddle, Chad was in a saddle, climb up. It's hot. I know we, we talked about that earlier, but man, it's hot. We're just sitting there waiting for deer to start funneling. We have a good view of that timber line that we're setting in. We can see 70, 80 yards uh, through different portions of that, kind of get a, a little bit of a heads up of, Hey, deer coming. But then also we can look across the creek and onto a neighboring, it's a taller, excuse me, taller field that hadn't been cut this year and um, can see some wind deer would be starting to move across. So we've got the ability to get ready, be in position. Um, deer, deer really did not start showing up. I would say 40 minutes before, before it got dark. And yeah. so, that normally on this property, when we're watching and observing these alfalfa fields, crop fields, it's always without a doubt, 30 minutes before dark. Like that's just how you hunt the field. You just know it's going to be dead, dead, dead. And then boom, when you see one, you're going to start seeing them just yeah. file out. Or it could be, you know, like in our case, if you do see one early, he's not some, he's a dinker. Yeah. Right. Like mine was a little year and a half or two and a half year old half rack already broken off one side <laughs> well, isn't that a way to start the season My yeah <laughs> like a half <laughs> rack look at that oh man so so generally the way it the way it goes but we as we had backed away from that destination uh crop field alfalfa field we we're like man we should really start seeing some much earlier movement um than what we had seen on the alfalfa field. It just didn't happen as early as we thought. But once we started seeing deer, sure enough, here they start coming. And um, knowing that there were some potential good bucks in the area and still not knowing, this is also an area, I guess, too, where this, <laughs> and I say area as in property, you never really know what's going to show up. There's been some really big deer. So although Chad saw, spotted a pretty good shooter, um, being, let's say that aggressive to go and loop around, um, and get back to where we were, it's like, you never know what could show up. You may not have seen it. Don't have trail camera pictures of it. There's just potential in this area. And, um, we ended up seeing probably 15, 16 deer, only a hand, I mean, two or three bucks, not nearly what we were expecting. 
Um, but a doe did present an opportunity, came in, crossed the creek a little bit further down than what we were anticipating that, than the trail that we were really set up on that had a more traffic and um, started to get that investigative look on its face and started really um, sniffing, following our yeah. trail, throwing its head up. And, and it and this is the last 20 minutes of light. And um, it was a very easy chip shot, make 10, maybe 12 yards or so. And um, this this farmer, too, has made it very clear that it's no, it's no shock, right? He's got all the crops in the area. I've got a lot of deer. So take some opportunities. Please harvest the mantler of deer. And with that, but with that one reacting, that close shot, you can't pass that up. So Chad, um, Chad made a wonderful shot on that deer, and um, it piled up. 40 yards away from the tree and um, <coughs> that was pretty much opening opening day so you said it was a chip shot where did he hit her where did he hit her yeah oh right through the shoulder really both shoulders really. oh so drove it through both shoulders yeah chad notorious was... shoulder shooter <laughs> what what broadhead um rage tripan no collars the Rage so, yeah. Tripan no collar, or the yes, okay, yes. Oh yeah, yeah. The Rage Tripan. Okay, gotcha. Because yep. we're shooting the Rage Hypodermic no collar, which has those Tripan blades. Right. Right. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. This, yeah. This, this is the Tripan. So blew it right and, through uh, the shoulders. Of course, at point blank. Yes. It better. Yeah. I mean, it, and and she she still had on her summer coat too. She hadn't shed, um, so she was she was very thin hair. And, yeah. um, I mean, at 12 yards, it just blew right through shoulder blade itself and then actually came out, um, low in the shoulder on the opposite side. And it was one of those exit holes of, um, that you, you're looking for being really low and that great angle, um, being so close to the tree. And she was probably another 10 foot down because of just topography change. Um, so it exited really low. Yeah. Painted blood trail. I mean, if you're going to open up uh, a season, if you're going to break the ice, let's say, it was the perfect scenario. So um, he definitely, definitely executed on that opportunity. And so for being the first sit in the, the tree, we had deer around um, and, and the wind operated surprisingly well. Uh, I think that the, that was a function of the, the topography. Yeah. And um, when it does start cooling off in the evening, the wind pretty much stops everything falls right to that Creek, which we were set up on. So it all worked out really well. Um, other than having to pack the thing out because of new CWD regulations and processing her there in the field. Um, I mean, it was, it was a great. Oh, yeah. Way. Forget that's in a new CWD County. Yeah. Yep. So sure what, what is that? If you're in Missouri, what does that look like if you're in a CWD County? So you cannot, take any of the skeletal system out of that county and so of course everything has to be deboned where chad stays on the weekend is my parents house because mm -hmm. he lives in arkansas so he basically you know taking it back to their place he had to he had to haul it all out of there huh yeah yeah that's not fun so you're right. So make sure when you go up there, you've got a cooler, you've got the ability to get bags in the, yep. 
in your pack with you. Um, that's what yeah. we did. We just he asked me right about all that. He goes, "You got that cooler?" I was like, "Well, I got a cooler." He goes, "Okay, well, I'm just." And I, I was like, "Well, you've never put emphasis on that before." I was kind of like, <laughs> you know, in the past, it's a little bit like, um, what do you call that? Uh, we're jinxing ourselves if right. we roll in. Yeah, we Super got the cooler. We got the ice. We mm-hmm. got this. We got that. And it's like, well, I'll tell you one thing we won't have, and that's a dead deer. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, man. So, yes, be prepared. Be prepared for that. And, um, you know, make sure make sure you got the cooler and, and bags to be able to process it there. But yeah, yeah. For, for first hunt and besides the heat, man, it's a great way to break in the season. Um, so, yeah, my, my um, next time that will be well into the low 70s which we got coming yeah tuesday wednesday maybe thursday of this week so that's exciting yeah looks like tuesday's the best day you know last week we were talking about those those temps monday night tuesday morning morning, and you can see the line graph like the 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 high and the low high and the low day high night low do to do to do and you can see that the high on tuesday is lower than the low on Monday. Yes. I mean, I think Monday's high... 87. 88. Okay, 87. The low the is high. 60. and mm-hmm. then But it's saying on Tuesday... Oh, because it's taken at midnight. So the, the warmest yep. temperature on Tuesday is at midnight uh, at the beginning of the day, and it's 67. And the lowest is at 49. Yeah. And and I think the next day is, is 70 and 46, right? 46. I mean, that, that, that right there is like, okay, bingo. There's the steep change. There's a front moving through. Yeah. That's, that's going to get deer, deer to respond, react to that. South and winds. Sweat crazy. Yeah. South winds. So that kind of brings in how my hunt went last night. Yep. Um, and you know, as I said, we packed in, we hunted, we were on a different alfalfa field that, uh, we're, Basically, we've had some really good deer on this field, but the bedding is, you know, it's kind of a guess right now. It's like, well, they're bedded somewhere else, and I don't really know if these are ever going to be there during daylight. But it's a big field. It's really hard to monitor with trail cameras. And so uh, Chad had watched it one night and saw a bunch of deer, no shooters. And so we went in, and lo and behold, right before dark, we had a deer step out in a bachelor group. There was like six bucks, and I think the smallest was probably a 80-inch basket rack, and mm-hmm. then the biggest was this, I don't know, one f- mid-40s, uh, right around 159-pointer. Matt, I sent you a picture. Did you, get your, did you see oh, that yet? We, we've been talking. I haven't, I haven't checked it out yet. Oh, gotcha. So, anyway, um, really nice nine-pointer. He stepped out probably 20 minutes before dark. Plenty of shooting light. Um, and so now the question is, is he going to continue coming in during daylight? Is the farmer, how long before that alfalfa gets cut? How long are they sticking to that feed pattern? Um, needless to say, Tuesday, we're going after him <laughs> because we don't know how much longer this is going to last. So, um, well, and, and that's a, the, the only good thing is that there's not a lot of other food competition. So you can, although, I mean, everything lines up for, okay, yeah, you want to go after that deer. Um, 
that that day temperature you know everything it's right. soon after that pattern he's been there he's doing it right that's great but luckily if winds didn't work or something timing didn't work right now you can bet that that's the big main food source there's not going to be a lot of other competition trying to shift that food source unlike many other years but that's you right. do want to strike as soon as you can yeah so we're going in tuesday probably or wednesday trying to get get after him um but yeah and so that's where we're at i mean he's a really nice buck and uh came out in a spot that you know we've we've had a stand in that area before and so yeah. yeah so we'll see winds out of the south which is kind of a bad wind for it but you know in this part of the on this farm we get pretty aggressive because it things change so quickly with cows and haying and everything so we get pretty aggressive I mean, so yeah we'll see what the we can do could be cut at the end of next week yeah the beginning of the following week for, yeah. for the last time in the year it's been so dry we don't know when rains are coming oh yeah yeah, yeah. You, it, it's it's go time um yep. and so. this, that's the balance back and forth of and how aggressive do you go early season and a lot of times we most farms, I would say, we would err on the side of less aggressive. Uh-huh. But this farm has been hunted and sets up in a fashion that you can afford to be because of the food sources and that really the deer aren't on this property a lot yeah. when it comes to bedding. So you can get to where you need to get um, in some of these instances and then push the envelope and so you have to be aggressive, honestly, to kill them. Yeah, totally. So to. that's the plan, and uh, hopefully hopefully it all comes through. We'll see how this weather unfolds. But uh, that's kind of a week in the books for our season and uh, yep. opening week. More updates so. coming. Yeah. Guys, we appreciate you uh, you joining us on the hunting podcast this week right here at Land Legs Podcast. And uh, good Lord willing, we'll see you next week. Head over to the other podcast. You're going to learn something about deer movements too. Yeah, that's going to be very informative for this time frame and the rest of November. So tune yeah. in over there. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you. Yeah.